0: Let's have a good show. So what does Xavier Henderson bring to the Bearcats? How much does he elevate a new wide receiver room? Plus, the Bearcats were picked to finish 13th in the Big 12. I still like that one week later, and I'll tell you why here on Locked On Bearcats. You are Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And if you're wondering why it took me a little long to play the Open, it's because I'm still getting used to this new technology, albeit great new technology, that is StreamYard. That's where we record our shows. Hey, thanks so much. For making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you listen to podcasts, including if you watch us on YouTube. And if you do, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and follow us to get an alert every time that we drop a new episode. My name is Alex Frank, your host each and every day here on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by bird dogs bird dogs go to birddogscom dogs.com slash locked on college. And when you enter promo code locked on college, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler with every order. All right. It is Wednesday. And that means we are joined today by my colleague at all, Bearcats and sports illustrated. And he is fired up today because when he saw the new graphics package that we have for this show, he was like, man, this is great. So much better than where we were on restream, this is going to be great for live rooms. This is going to be great for everything. Russ Heltman, my colleague, my colleague in all Bearcats and Sports Illustrated at Russ Helpman 11 on Twitter. Russ, so much is happening in addition to the stream yard. I mean, I mean, where do you want to start? Like, I, I, I think I mean, there's so many places we can go. We can go Xavier Henderson. We can go Athlon Sports recently projecting the Bearcats to finish in 13th place in the Big 12. FanDuel thinks the Bearcats are only going to win five and a half games this year which rounds up to six. So I guess that means they're going to be both eligible, according to FanDuel. But we'll start with Xavier Henderson. And Russ, just just in your opinion, how great of a pickup is this now that we're seeing Scott Satterfield landing SEC wide receivers in the transfer portal?
1: Fitting that uh, a month before the entry to the Big 12, you get an entry into StreamYard and a whole new graphics package and a whole ah, new great way yes. to uh, – to bring people some awesome locked on Bearcats content can't wait to be a part of it excited to be a part of it going forward the rest of the year and beyond as we get into some big 12 action it's coming it's going to be here soon and Xavier Henderson I think is going to be a catalyst for the Bearcats to maybe eclipse that five and a half win total four and a half they opened at. Alex got bet up to five it's now been bet up to five and a half so the sharps the people in the betting public i think are liking that number for the bearcats they're believing a little bit in what's going on and how could you not especially when you think about xavier henderson coming over from florida has that rapport with emory jones gives them another outside option they um they had added a couple kind of slot receiver talents in terms of the yukon wide receiver and then braden smith out of uh, louisville but now you get xavier henderson to really sure up that outside receiver position alongside donovan Ali. And D Wiggins. D Wiggins went through a little bit of an injury issue during spring football, has dealt with injuries in his past, not necessarily 100% reliable just based on his history and his resume. So to me, getting Xavier Henderson, six foot four, 180 pounds, had, had a team high 38 catches last year for 410 yards, two touchdowns, 2021 caught 277 yards worth of passes. 26 catches total and two touchdowns from Emory Jones. Two years of eligibility remaining here. I think he gives the Bearcats a true, solid repertoire of receiving weapons in a room that, Alex, you and I talked about it in the uh, early spring and late winter a couple months ago. It was decimated. The pass-catching room was absolutely decimated. You add in the development of Shaman Mater over the next couple months as well. And this is an offense that you and I were thinking we were discussing maybe what? Had to get around 25 points per game, 25 to 27 points per game to really feel like they could hunt for a bowl eligible type of season and get around six wins. I think there's enough talent there now. And it's about Pete, uh, Pete Thomas, uh, Brad Glenn, Scott Satterfield, all of that brain trust in the offensive room, putting together the best plan possible with the talent that they've acquired in the transfer portal. And I would say, and I wrote. In my uh, recap and news story about Xavier Henderson transferring to Cincinnati, he's the second-best transfer I think they've pulled in in the past six months outside of Daniel Graziak. And you think about what he did in the SEC last year, career-best 67.1 PFF grade, 22nd among 33 SEC-eligible wide receivers in terms of receivers that got at least 50 targets. That's a pretty solid – it might not sound that great compared to the rest of the SEC, but when you're putting up top 25 numbers in the best football league in America – in terms of overall production and overall down-to-down consistency, that's a nice addition to the Big 12, which obviously is not as strong as the SEC.
0: So you mentioned Xavier Henderson and the numbers he put up. You mentioned that the Bearcats, can they have since elevated their win total in FanDuel. FanDuel has elevated their projected win total to 5.5. But what can he bring to this wide receiver room? that we still don't really know a lot about, in your opinion, Russ? I think athleticism,
1: high-pointing the football, a red zone target, and a, I think a red zone repertoire of weapons that's pretty daunting now when you think about the athleticism, the height, the speed of Shaman Mater, the type of packages they're going to be able to put together for him. In the red zone, as I would say, with Joey Belgian on the men and likely not to play this year, he's the number one option at the tight end position, and Mater should get every opportunity to scoop up those targets. Him alongside Xavier Henderson, It's just it gives you more length, more athleticism, and more room for air with the quarterback in Emory Jones, who is a very good runner, very good athlete. But I think everybody would be the first to say, not necessarily the most accurate passer that we're going to see in the Big 12 this season. You get a little bit wider catch radius out there, a little bit more opportunity to catch some balls that may not have been brought in by other guys that would, be, would have been targeted.
0: As we sit here, it's Wednesday, June 7th. And we're 24 days away. 24 days away, Russ, from the Bearcats being officially members of the Big 12. You can feel it. You can feel it coming. Taste it. Yes, (laughs) taste it. Speaking of which, you know what's really nice to see, Russ? When you pick up an Athlon Sports magazine that I have sitting next to me right here, and you see the Bearcats in the Big 12. Now, -hmm. unfortunately, Athlon, it used to be in the past, if you were a Power 5 team, you got two whole pages written about you. Now you only get one. If you're the group of five now, you get like a, a a half a page written about you. So at least the Bearcats get one full page written about them. Not that anyone really pays attention to that stuff, but I'm just pointing that out.
1: But You do. You, hey, you're you a person, Alex. You pay attention to it.
0: Uh, it's just something I noticed. Just something I noticed. <laughs> you know, keeping receipts. Uh, well, I don't know if that's keeping receipts, but just something I do notice. Now, Russ, the Bearcats – and, and, and the first thing I looked for – Was where the Bearcats were going to be projected to finish in the Big 12. Well, I've touched on it already, but Russ, I want to get your insights on it. We'll do that after we hear how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by Bird Dogs. So I'm going to tell you about Bird Dogs. Russ, I don't know if you wear Bird Dogs clothing. I don't know if I'm familiar, uh, for sure. You do? I, I've never bought any bird dogs, but I've
1: a great brand. I've heard great things about bird
0: dogs. They are a great brand. And I, I don't know if Brooks heard about them, your fiance, but uh, highly recommended to both of you. See, bird dogs, they make you look good. Why? Because they stretch khaki shorts. They're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Who wouldn't want that? Plus, the shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. I don't even know what Lululemon is, nor do I even know need to know what they are. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. And bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. They use anti slick sweat, anti stink sweat, excuse me, wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I can attest to that. Why do I love bird dogs? Why do I like them? And they work so well. Well, I can run in bird dog shorts and not even feel like I'm sweating through my shorts. How about that? So all you have to do is go to birddogs.com slash lockdown college and enter promo code lockdown college for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash lockdown college for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. I guarantee it. I shouldn't say a guarantee, but I'll tell you. They're right up there. Hey, thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. On tomorrow's show, I'll be joined by Lockdown Cougs host Russ. That's Lockdown Cougs, as in the Houston Cougars. Parker Ainsworth. We do a crossover on the Bearcats and Houston Cougars, both going into their first seasons as members of the Big Twelve. Quick side note on this Wednesday, Russ. Later today on the NFL Network, they are showing a two a Bengals game from 2004 where they beat the Browns 58 to 48. I don't know if you remember anything about that game. It was in 2004. It was in Cincinnati. The second highest scoring game in NFL history. Was that the Kelly Holcomb game? Kelly Holcomb-Carson Palmer? Uh, I'll ask you a yes. Those were the two quarterbacks. And I'll ask you a trivia question. And some guy where I work already answered it correctly. Who had the game ceiling pick six for the Bengals?
1: Was it Delta O'Neal? Oh
0: my gosh, you're right. Ding. Ding. That's two. That's two people I've asked that question to, and both of you got it. How about that? Delta,
1: see Delta O'Neill, It's just that that's a name. That's an. It was a play I'll never forget. I, that was one of my earliest Bengals memories. Was that was like the first year I started covering the team, or not covering the team? Started following the team when How I was the, even, like seven yeah. years old. And then just Delta
0: O'Neal. That name, like it's just an
1: unforgettable name. It's such a cool football name.
0: Yeah, it, it no, it is. And he was a great. He was a really, really good playmaking corner. For the Cincinnati Bengals back in the uh, early Marvin Lewis days but back to the Cincinnati Bearcats Russ Heltman the Bearcats were picked to finish 13th 13th out of 14 teams in the big 12 your thoughts
1: on Athlon at their 12th they were they, they got to give Athlon a little credit they're 12th out of, out of 14 but still it hey, is really? a uh yeah from what I'm seeing on Athlon sports on their website maybe they have it mixed up in their magazine and their website but ooh.
0: Do they actually have it
1: mixed up? Is it mixed? Is it 13 on their magazine? In the magazine, it says 13. Wow. Yeah. See, they have them 12th in the, on the, uh, on the website article, but anyways, I, I can see it. I understand it. It's a team that loses a ton of talent. We talked about that in the last segment, a little bit. It's a brand new coaching staff. So you pair the, the kind of brutal trifecta of new coaching staff, completely turned over roster, and you're entering a much different, much more difficult conference. So, I can understand it. I don't know if I would necessarily agree wholeheartedly. I would probably have them in a dogfight between Iowa State, BYU, kind of where they have those teams at 10 and 11. I could see putting the Bearcats at number 10. But any higher than that, I think, is is kind of wishful thinking in a league that has already been established by the teams in the top eight. And outside of, like, Kansas, that was a little interesting to me. Having Kansas in the top seven of the Big 12, I would be a little surprised if that happens but they do return their quarterback from last year, don't they? Kansas, Jane Daniels, is that who it was? I forget what it, exactly what his name was, but overall, it's not that surprising to see the Bearcats picked in the bottom three by a, by a major outlet to finish in the Big 12. What is, does it surprise you, Alex? It does a little bit.
0: Okay. It does, because what I looked at, and if I'm going by the magazine – So, and by the way, that guy you mentioned from Kansas, uh, Jalen Daniels is back at quarterback.
1: Jalen Daniels, Uh, yep. So that makes sense kind of why they have him there.
0: Yeah, he was number six. And we'll see him when the Jayhawks come play the Bearcats on Senior Day, Thanksgiving Day weekend. So I was surprised, Russ, because to me, like you have Iowa State and Baylor. Those teams are ahead of uh, of the Bearcats. West Virginia was the only team picked to finish below them. Naturally, they were the worst team or second to worst team in the Big 12 last year. But I, I, I'm surprised in that regard because I think there are some teams ahead of the Bearcats that I think they can beat and knock off this year. But I'm also not surprised because when you have a head coaching change and you have such a big roster turnover and you're making this big transition, then yeah, there are going to be some growing pains. I mean, what, <clears throat> excuse me, what UCF and Houston and BYU, Russ, excuse me, my allergies have been wicked bad, so I got to make sure I stay hydrated. But What's interesting to me, Russ, and I don't think this has been talked about on this show, or I don't know how much this has been talked about elsewhere. The Bearcats are the only school new to the Big 12 with a new head coach. Yeah. You ever thought about it? Have you ever thought about it that way?
1: Like that's gotta play a factor into the, the whole decision making type yeah. thing. But I mean, when you think about like the magazine portion has the Bearcats behind Houston, which I just that one stands out I don't to get. me. I don't I don't get that at all. Like it's a it's a team. That really is like not bringing in much transfer talent. They're not bringing in oh. a, t- a ton of uh, recruiting talent so far in the 2024 cycle. Not that that matters for this year, obviously, but they were a uh, 32 plus points per game defense last year. They only returned four starters from a bad yeah. defense. I just I don't see a whole lot of massive. Upside for the Houston compared to Cincinnati and you lose your quarterback Clinton too.
0: So not only that, but you lose your number one wide receiver, Nathaniel tank Dell.
1: Yeah. You lose your top receiver. You lose your top quarterback. Like I don't, I, yeah, it, just, it seems like they're, they're punishing the Bearcats a little bit for the tr- troubling trifecta there in terms of their Correct. comparison to Houston.
0: Correct. But Russ, but Russ, I I, I do feel because the, that the Houston Cougars and you, those of you listening, you'll hear this tomorrow with um, Parker Ainsworth of Locked On Cougs. The Houston team that the the Russ and you joined all Bearcats right. This was right when you joined all Bearcats. I, were you at the conference title game in twenty one? Um, when the Bearcats won a clinch,
1: no, I was wasn't able to make that one, but against okay. against Houston, yeah, it was an epic yeah. game. But I, I covered it from uh, I think I covered it from my house for sure.
0: Okay, so Russ, that Houston team defensively, as you just mentioned, they're not the same team that they were on that day. No,
1: not they, they're all. not. They, like, they've, they've turned over the they've turned over that side of the football completely, and
0: yeah, and one it's now, it's just, one it, especially
1: right Alex, when you think about a team last year that had high expectations going into their final season in the AAC. Sure. And they were, they met, they, didn't, they fell flatter than the Bearcats did. Obviously yeah. Bearcats were fighting for a conference title berth in the final week of the season. And, and Houston, it was just, it just never seemed to
0: come together. No, you're right. It, it, it's you you're right about that. They finished eight and five Bearcats finished nine and four. I, I just feel like, like, how is like what? And the Bearcats are one of only two teams picked to finish with fewer than six wins. Well, what makes you think Houston's going to win six games? What makes you think Iowa State's gonna win six games after losing their offensive coordinator at that? Russ, remember the Tom Manning days of the Bearcats? Yeah.
1: The uh the the cup of coffee that Tom Manning had here, obviously, <laughs> because he took a job at the, the uh the NFL ranks. But I mean you look at Houston's schedule home against UTSA, they should win that. At Rice, you should win that. You got Sam Houston on the schedule, but after that, outside of West Virginia. That's a gauntlet, Alex. That final six weeks of the season for Houston: home against Texas, at Kansas State, at Baylor, home against Cincinnati, home against Oklahoma State, at UCF. Like th- there's, there's not a cakewalk yeah. on the schedule at all in the final six weeks of the season.
0: And not to mention Houston. you open you open your conference with TCU, right? So that's like, your first
1: they, big that, they, that's, that's, that's your first Big, big Twelve game. And the, the fact that in the in the sense that the Bearcats. Got a really nice scheduling break this year in terms of seven home games and yeah. avoiding what is it four of the top five teams uh, from last year. They don't and, play Kansas
0: State, TCU, Texas, or Texas Tech.
1: Right, and I think it's four of the top five teams and overall projected win totals for the Big Twelve this year. They avoid, so yeah, that's kind of but the you, opposite for Houston, and it doesn't make sense to me that they yeah. even, despite a really weak non-conference schedule where they should get three wins, it doesn't make sense that the that they would consider them a team
0: likely to go 500 or better. Even though the Bearcats do play Oklahoma, it's one thing I go back to Russ that you brought up a few weeks ago. What game on the schedule do you look at and say, yup, that's an L.
1: I mean, maybe, maybe Oklahoma, but then again, that's, that's, that's going to be a unbelievable environment. Oh, at It's going to be rabid out there. And I would, I would give them a decent chance to win that football game. Now, When you look at the ESPN matchup predictor, not giving the Bearcats that much of a chance. 75.5% in favor of the Oklahoma Sooners. And that's kind of warranted given the history of Oklahoma and and what they brought in under Brent Venables over the past six months. But there isn't you're right, Alex. There's not a game on the Bearcats schedule where I'm thinking that is a definitive loss. There is not.
0: And that's how I and that's how I want fans to look at it. Like BYU is gonna be a tough game. How about this, Russ, though? But at least Russ, for you. You'll have to be at work on the next day. Or do you work on Saturdays usually? No, no, I don't, thankfully. Okay. So a 10 15 start time, is going to have nothing on you. So you'll be okay on that Friday night out in uh, uh, Provo, Utah. The battle for mm-hmm. the victory bell, Russ, is a night game. Love that.
1: Yeah. Like that should be a win of night, a home. I think it's yes. the first home night game on a weekend again, since 2019 for the uh, Liverpool really? Stadium.
0: You know what? Yeah. You're right.
1: I think You're yes, right. the first wow. Saturday home game since 2019 at night for a nip at night. You're
0: right. You're right. And I remember that last night. Okay, that's the, that's a story for another day. Was but, that the was that the use was the last one the Ahmad Gardner interception? That was the second to last one. The Okay. Uh the last weekend night game, Saturday night, I'll never forget this. It was against Temple. It was a cold, rainy night. Okay. Snow started to fall at the end of the game. That was the uh Kobe Bryant uh, blocked extra point return for two and the Bearcats won that game by two points and they needed every last one of those points. They clinched the American Athletic Conference East Division. How far are we from those days? Pretty far. Like, yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that memory right there. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Is there. there well, well, thank go. you. Is there, is there something to the Bearcats being the hunters this year as opposed to being the hunted the last few years that you like? Yeah, especially
1: on defense, Alex. There we like, go. The chip on the shoulder of this defense, I think, is going to be pretty heavy. They're going to come into this season knowing that they kind of have to carry the roster and probably feeling a little overlooked compared to the rest of the conference and compared to all of the returning guys that you have, especially along that front seven. And the fact that they allowed less than 21 points per game last year. They were one of the best sacking teams in the country, and you add a – Defensive coordinator and Brian Brown, his system that promotes havoc, promotes those sack sack opportunities, led the nation in Louisville last year with uh, I think they're the only team to have fifty plus sacks. So, I think that's a great point that you bring up right there. The fact that especially for this defense, they're not going to be looked at as a we got a gun for them every week. We got to give them our best every week because they're the champions of the AAC. They're the undefeated team in the AAC 28 game win streak. We got to knock that off. There's nothing like that anymore. It's a blank slate for a team and especially a defense that I would say is not as talented or going to be as good as the past couple of years, defenses. That's a, that's a high expectation to have, but there's, there's a defined floor with this defense. And it's a floor yes. that I think they can build on throughout the year, especially in that early non-conference
0: slate and be able to carry that into the conference. The a defined conference. floor. Good way to put it. And I, and I think about this, Russ. I think about, and, and you'll hear this tomorrow, but someone asked me, what are, what's this Bearcats team going to look like? They're going to be very similar to 2021, but I think more like 2018-2019. They're going to run the football. They're going to have to control the clock. We've talked about that, Russ, you and I on the show. And defensively, they're going to be really strong up front. I worry about their secondary. I think you can agree with me on that. Because we don't really know a lot about the players in that secondary. lot of new roles, yeah. Yeah, I just think that this is going to be a really, really good uh, defense, solid. And that's going to give them a chance to win every single game. All right, so we've hit on everything football. Now we got to go to some basketball. And Russ, there is some potential expansion news. There's some, some yes, some there is.
1: There's an, there's a reportedly pending expansion news, but obviously we're waiting on the major major outlets to report that news. But it seems seems like the 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 truck is almost in the barn for a couple of Pac-12 teams to be headed to the Big Twelve. We'll see.
0: I'll tell you why, I, and I'll tell you why I like them. Next on Locked On Bearcats. Real quick, Russ, I want to give a shout out to I'm gonna give a shout out to Aron Sanchez, a judge on Fox's Master Chef. You wanna know why I'm gonna give him a shout out? I'm ready for this. This is going on to the season, I hope this blows my mind. On, on say that again?
1: I said, I hope this blows my mind. I, I did not expect
0: a Master Chef shout out on today's recording. I'm ready. On on the season premiere of this year, Aron Sanchez said, guys, the best chili. Or he said, "Let's be honest. The best chili is from Cincinnati." Wow! How
1: about that? And to me, that's amazing that he called it chili too. Because I, I get the point of people saying it's not really chili; it's basically just sauce. But it's a Look, it's, an, it's a fun argument to have, and it's, my, had, and it's a tasty argument to have. It
0: though. yes, I've had Texas style chili. It's really good. Don't get me wrong. I've had they Russ when the Bearcats played Marshall a few years ago. Quick, quick side note story: They served this chili in the press box that was like real chili. And it's good. I like it. But there's nothing like Skyline Chili.
1: There isn't. There's nothing like Skyline Chili. You can give me a three-bean veggie chili. You can give me a Texas Texas Chili. Oh. I'm always going to go back to my Skyline. And and I've had the other kind of chilies around the city. And I know people say there's some local parlors that are better than Skyline. I haven't had one that's better than Skyline.
0: I'm okay. Okay. I will say I did try price sale chili a few months ago. Really, really good. Although, good. I go there I go That's there fine. for their double-deckers and their crinkle-cut fries, not for the chili. That makes sense. Yeah, so, they have a
1: diverse menu of Price Hill Chili.
0: Staple over there on the West Side. It is very good. All right, so, Russ, we have some potential expansion news. And as was reported by you and several other outlets just a few days ago, and this is, of course, pending the Pac-12's new television deal. But it seems like when that is set in stone... Colorado and Arizona are going to jump ship to the Big 12. If that's true, are you a fan of that?
1: Yeah, big fan, Alex. Those are two premier brands, premier fan bases, premier entities in college sports. When you think about the basketball side of Arizona, the fact that they're one of the best West Coast teams, West Coast programs over the past 30, 35 years, dating back to Steve Kerr, all the way up to, what was it? Uh, did Aaron, not Aaron Gordon, who was the guy, the guy who went number two overall and flamed out uh, with the Minnesota Timberwolves. I can't remember his name, but oh. they've had consistent, consistent was play. It DeAndre it Ayton. It wasn't Rondé Hollis was Jefferson, was it? No, it was. I uh, It was a guy who kind of played like Aaron Gordon, but I can't exactly place his name. And then when you think about Colorado, they've been in the doldrums a little bit in football oh. over the past few years. Prime time, though, baby. Prime time, headed to the Big Twelve potentially, yes. maybe. We haven't gotten that set in stone yet. It has not been officially agreed to yet. They do, Alex, according to the uh, Colorado University Board of Regents meeting on Tuesday, the the day we're recording this podcast and talking right now, they might be talking about this as we speak, there was a legal matter pertaining to sports that they were discussing during the meeting today. So a little bit vague there, but it's just another instance of the writing on the wall. And the fact that Colorado was an original Big 12 member back in 1994, they can come back, rejoin the conference now, add a solid 14 teams and a great launching point, a foundation for what I think will be a national conference, eventually a 20-team conference, and the preeminent top three with Big 10 and SEC also mixing in there as well.
0: I'm looking to see who this player is from Arizona, but you're right about Colorado. And the other thing too, I think about is think of the market you're going to add in Denver, big sports market, great place to go out. Very tough place to go out there and play. And, and I, I don't know, Russ, if you, if you've ever been out to Denver.
1: Yeah, I've been, a, been a couple of times. It's fun. Okay. I'll, so, I'll so I'll you know, me. that
0: altitude is real and they, they don't just tell you it just to tell you, I've been out there once it's real. So when I think about, um, excuse me, when I think about adding a team like Colorado, big Market in Denver, I think about Arizona, as you mentioned, that national brand that they've been for so long, going as you back as you say back to Steve Kerr. And I just think like Cincinnati is in such a unique position because they they're a college it', it it's a school, it's a university, but they play in a major city whose sports right now, you could argue are the hottest of any city outside of Miami. In the country, Russ, am I exaggerating when I say that?
1: No, you got the number one team in the MLS. You got yep. the second best team in the AFC, One, of, arguably the second best team in the NFL over the past yep. couple of years in the Cincinnati Bengals. You got Ellie De La Cruz coming up for the Cincinnati yeah. Reds. Andrew Abbott setting live ball era records with his debut. All this young talent for the Cincinnati Reds who He's have been terrible over the battle. past couple of years. And you take everything with the Reds with a grain of salt, but... They're building it out well with that young talent. It's it's a great time to be a Cincinnati sports fan. The city is growing. There's a Fortune 500 businesses all throughout this city. The money is there to drive great success in athletics, especially when you think about the amount of money coming back in TV revenues for Big 12 teams. I think it was Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports who reported uh, roughly $44.6 million doled out between all the uh, all the Big 12 teams this past year, for reference, the Bearcats got less than 15 million dollars when they doled out to them, even when they went to the College Football Playoff a couple years ago. I think that's the number, something like that. Less than it's definitely less than 20 million. So they're they're almost tripling, going to be almost tripling their revenue coming in um, as in terms of all that media money from the Big 12. It's a it's a very fun time to be yeah. covering Cincinnati sports and to be covering the Bearcats in particular.
0: By the way, that player I think you're mentioning from Arizona, does this name Derek Williams ring a bell? Yes, case?
1: Derek Williams. There it is. That's who I was thinking of.
0: Played yeah. on their 2011 team that lost by two to UConn in the Elite Eight, but more notably upset Kyrie Irving and the Duke Blue Devils in the 2011 Sweet 16. And there that Duke team was the reigning national champions. There you go.
1: There you go. So, Arizona. Big, all right, let's big brand. And then you got Brett Mark talking about yeah. maybe expanding the basketball rights, breaking them away. From football down the I line, you have a really, really innovative commissioner, a guy who has not done the job before, but is seemingly ingraining himself very well into the necessary powers that be and to the ideas that will make Big 12 athletics at the, put it at the forefront of yeah. cutting edge type of developments over the next few years.
0: All right, so no question about that. Now, let me ask you this, Russ Heltman. So going back to how hot Cincinnati is, Think about the momentum Wes Miller has. Think about what's all that's happened to the men's basketball program this offseason. And this is partially because I think football is going to go through its growing pains. I'm not saying they're going to suck this year. I think they're going to just be a little down from where they've been. Is Wes Miller in a position where he could be the new face of the athletic department?
1: Yep. There's no question about it. He's okay. got the mental makeup. He's got the drive. He's got, hopefully... Bearcats fans uh, included the results coming in the Big 12 with this new look team and this added kind of depth along the roster. And I'm not gonna throw down my hands and stamp it, but could be some more news coming this week Uh-oh. in terms of the recruiting portion Uh-oh. of things. And uh, a old uh, old Cincinnati native coming back to play for UC, a maybe top 60 recruit at that. So, well, so when trained- you think about what.
0: He'd be transferring back?
1: No, no, no. He'd be – this is going to – I'm not going to – people will know on later in the week what's going to happen, but oh. I, I am very confident the Bearcats will be uh, will be signing uh, another player, in the, the first player in the 2024 recruiting class Uh-oh. for them. Not signing, but getting a commitment from the first player in the 2024 recruiting class oh, in boy. the next few days. So it's been a hot spring. It's turned into a hot summer as the entire team gets together for workouts. you got Aziz Bandago almost breaking the uh, the vertical leap bar. Uh, in the monster factory yeah, was, with with Michael Rayfeld the other day, and knock on wood, hopefully he can definitely play and gets that waiver confirmed. Along with him and Jamil Reynolds, it's it's the world. The Cincinnati is Wes Miller's oyster right now, and they seemingly cooking up a pearl or Wes two Miller's, in that oyster.
0: Wes Miller's oyster. It might have to be a. that might have to be a the the, the 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 title, the thumbnail title for this episode. Russ I like I think that's a good that'll,
1: that'll grab some eyes people are like Cincinnati West, is
0: Wes West Miller's what? oyster <laughs> and I have still I, I still I, I still have not had oysters I need to the, 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 the Russ you've uh, never eaten oysters Alex I've oh, never had right? oysters yeah. I, I need I, I haven't been able to there's a place in New Orleans Acme when oyster I was House. there say that again Acme Oyster House is that what it is uh no, this is actually in the hotel that I stayed in when I went to the Bengals game in New Orleans. It's called Drago's. Okay. And they and they are char grilled. They're mm. char grilled oysters. Now, I for some odd reason just couldn't get my my head wrapped around to try it. I did, however, try gumbo. Which was very gumbo's good. not as
1: good. I'm not a huge gumbo guy. I do love okay. oysters though. Char grilled, I've it, never it, tried.
0: I've had fried and I've had raw oysters, but I've never had char grilled. Wow. How about that? Now that's uh that is something good to, to wrap up this show today. So, what we got coming up tomorrow? Locked on Coogs host Parker Ainsworth's going to join me for a crossover, Bearcats and Houston. Russ, I'm sure we'll talk to you again next week. This is kind of that true period where you got to think about some things that you can focus on here on these shows. But one thing that we do know basketball is getting ready to start. Their summer workouts. Oh, one more thing, and I saw you mentioned this over the weekend. It sounds like the Bearcats are maybe going to be in this multi-team event with Ole Miss. Potentially, is that Russ true? Can you confirm this?
1: Yeah, I forget. I I, I credited the reporter. I forget exactly. I think it might be Rocco Miller. I forget exactly what his name was, but people could check it out on All Bearcats. It's one. It's in the basketball section. Going to be a multi-team event with uh, with Ole Miss. And what was, what was the other school? I completely forget. Was it Eastern Washington? Eastern Washington, yes. Old Miss and Eastern Washington. So basically what it's looking like it's going to be is Ole Miss and UC, unfortunately, are not going to play each other, but they are going to host Eastern Washington and um, – why am I forgetting now? Eastern Washington and – Detroit Detroit Mercy? De- Detroit Mercy, yes. They're going to host both okay. those teams All right. for uh, for a non-conference affair. And I believe the Detroit Mercy game already scheduled for right around November 12th. And that would be if not the first game, probably the second game of the season for the Bears. yeah.
0: I think I saw something like that game is gonna be like on November 10th a Friday 10th, night. Yes. Friday so you night. I think
1: that's probably gonna be the first game you'd think of the season, November 10th. It could yeah. be. Unless
0: they because last year the first game was on a Monday.
1: Yeah, I guess they could start that. So week, maybe sure.
0: it could be though. You're right. I mean, they they, they I remember twenty eight, seventeen, eighteen, they played their first game on a Friday against Savannah State, as Mick Cronin said, a businessman special. So We'll see there. And is there any news about them playing in like a tournament like they've done the last two years, like the Maui, the Hall of Fame Classic two years ago, which is really fun? Have yeah, I was just going to bring
1: that up. I have not seen any news yet. Maybe, Alex, and this might be a smart thing, is you avoid the conference – turn, you avoid those kind of holiday tournaments where you have a lot of – you have more opportunities to get high-value wins and you – with a lot of guy, new guys, over half the roster turned over – a lot of young players that you're going to be relying on early on in terms of Jizzle James and Rayvon Griffith, Daniel Skilling's as well. Maybe it's a probably a, I, for me. I think it might be more prudent to avoid the tournaments and schedule out a little bit easier conference non conference slate so you can work that that roster in, find the best beats, oh, and be fully ready to go for that January or right around New Year's Day start okay. for the uh, the
0: conference slate. It's just so interesting to me how. One thing I really like about the, the the big twelve is if you drop a game to let's say Baylor, it's not the end of the world. Right. It's not because you're
1: gonna get an opportunity to get a nice win
0: two days later. You're, you <laughs> can just as easily beat Kansas and then lose to Oklahoma State. That's how that's how brutal this league is gonna be. Now, Russ, what if what if this happens? What if let's say the Bearcats play at Kansas on December 30th? Guess what the next day is, just an hour away in Kansas City
1: uh Bagels, Chiefs.
0: Right yeah, there. how about that for a double dipping? That'd be nice. That would be nice for sure. I will. I think. Well, actually, I'm not, not going to disclose where I'll be yet for those days, but just know I'll be watching. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Russ hellman as always, thank you so much for joining me. You're on Twitter at Russ hellman 11 Of course, he's my colleague in all Bearcats and Sports straight Russ, it's great to have you on, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. No doubt, Alex. Always fun, and we'll
1: uh, we'll chop it up again. Hopefully, with some more basketball news on the next show. Yes,
0: yes, very much so. Chop it up again, and I'll keep you on here for the end. You can see you can see how we do the ending here now because there's a, there's a special thing that we can do on Streamyard with our end of show. So I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore ninety with two ends and an ATI. Instagram Alex Frank down underscore, and then email Alex3Frank at gmail.com. for Lockdown Bearcats. I'm Alex Frank alongside. Russ Hellman back tomorrow with Parker Ainsworth of Locked On Don't forget, 24 days from now, 24 days from now, the Bearcats are Big 12 members. And then 80, excuse me, sorry, 87 days from now is the first game of the season. Perfect time for a kickoff, Russ, 3.30 against EKU. I did meet somebody from EKU recently. Nice. Maybe they'll be at the game. be fun to see them. Maybe they will. She's actually a student at EKU, but uh, – That's going to do it for us today right here on Lockdown Bearcats.